Before we get started today, we've put together a little survey for you, our listeners, uh, so we can learn more about what you like and what you want to hear about. So since the beginning of 2020, we've been following along with three different companies and a little bit of a change of format. And we're coming to the end of that first batch of companies. And we want to get your take on what next season might look like. Yeah, so we're taking our own product advice and asking the users here so we can learn a little bit about you, who you are, and what you're interested in, and what you'd like for next season. So that link that we've got the survey at is tbot.io slash giantrobots-survey. Again, that's giantrobots-survey. And your voice is really important to us. So I really hope that you go there and take the survey and let us know. And you'll find the link to that survey too in the show notes for this episode. Thanks very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Giant robot smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robot Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Lindsay Christensen. And I'm your other host, Chad Pytel. And today we're rejoined by the founders of Shearshare, Ty and Courtney Caldwell. Thanks for joining us again, guys. Hello, hey, hello, hello. And happy holidays. Thanks, you too. So we've been following along with you for the whole season now, and I'm sorry to say we've enjoyed the journey, but this is the, our last episode with you. Oh my gosh, my, my heart just sank. I thought we were going to continue this on until you guys were up there ringing the bell with this. <laughs> oh my God. Well, now I'm changing my mind. <laughs> I do feel like a part of the team, and yes. I would like to talk about my equity. <laughs> <laughs> we can discuss this well, you're talking offline. To the, you're talking to the right one. <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss this offline. So this is in addition to our last episode with you all. It's our last episode of the series and our last episode of the year. Wow. That's a good, I mean, it's, it's some positives in there. Sad, yeah. but positives. Last episode of the year. And Shir Shir gets to anchor that. And we're excited. And then a little bit of holding back tears, but. You know, everybody will be all right. We still got to well, talk to we'll, Lindsay, though. Yeah, we'll check in with you from time to time, I'm sure. Just, Definitely. Just not once a month. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. can't get rid of us too easily. <laughs> Never Doesn't that. sound like it. Never that. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to talk about values today, but let's let's flip it a little bit and go right into, like, what have you all been up to for the last month since we last talked to you? Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a loaded question. Loaded question. Yeah. The biggest thing on our mind um, after we closed our seed round was hiring and we got straight to that. So we didn't quite double the team, but we did go from 13 to 20 team members now. So Share Share is growing and blossoming and we're getting all the right people in the right places. And I tell you every day, just it, although it does feel like you're starting over from zero, it does feel like you know you have the best people who are there to grow with you in this season. So we're, we're ready. We Close are starting over from zero. You know, one is just the next one on the next level. So zero to 10, then 11 on the next level, then- Oh, how you're adding the zero? Yeah. Oh, it's that's good. Oh, I like level. that. 10, 20, 30, 40. Yeah. That's very true. So so in Ty's words, we we have officially leveled up. <laughs> so <laughs> so we've been doing a lot of hiring. We still do have a couple of outstanding job recs to fill, one for a data scientist and then one for a customer service advocate. But we are moving right along speedily. And what are the roles that you've hired for? Mm. 
I'm trying to think back to the last time we chatted with you guys, but we now have on deck um, head of growth. We have a director of strategic partnerships. We have a marketing team. So like marketing team used to be myself and Ty, and now that is a six person organization uh, within itself. And they are, gosh, running so fast. Customer service, we added a couple of service and support agents, and we also added UX and UI researcher. Wow. Yeah. You've been busy. Just a little, just a little. But you know, when you are starting out, you really don't know what you need. Like people always assume, oh, let me focus on getting like biz dev and getting a sales rep in here or, you know, engineers because duh, you're a tech team. But, you know, you really don't know what you need until after you've gone through a couple of cycles and lived through a couple of roller coaster rides to know, oh, okay, now this is the exact person or skill set that we need to add to the team for this exact moment in time. And so we, we are there and so very happy to have some of the best investors come along for this crazy journey with us. And we just started hiring, you know, as soon as that last wire was made. So growing your team by, you know, almost 30% in a mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. is fast. And, you know, it's a great segue into our topic for this month, which mm-hmm. is company values. Yeah. How do you grow at that speed and bring on those new people and make sure that they understand the company values and and that they're a good fit for them and that they carry them forward. Mm -hmm. I think that first thing we look at is culture fit. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times people say you got to fit the culture, but I think that, you know, you got to say it in the right terminology. It's it's a culture fit. So talking to people and really getting uh, understanding of, you know, just their experience, care, you know, how inclusive they are to the community that we're serving and then if we're building a best in class ecosystem, sure, sure has to be that anchor. And so doing all the right things, asking all the right questions, but really getting into that person's insight to who they really are morally and, and joining the team. So we look at those skills as secondary, 1A, 1B type secondary, but at the end of the day, it has to be a really, really good culture fit. Mm-hmm. And so those really are like the anchors for Share Share. It's funny that you asked that question because um, also after we closed the round, we said, you know what, we really need to do, as we started to move into you know UX, UX research and UI, we said, you know what, let's maybe take a step back and take this time now, like pull our heads above water and take a look at our existing brand identity and make sure that it is consistent still with what Ty and I set the foundation of Sheer Share, you know, way back when. And so we've been doing these like four hour, eight hour sessions with a team that just focuses on that. And so we brought them in to do like a staff augmentation. And that's been great because that allows, you know, our department heads to come in, whether they were new or they've been here for a couple of years and really get engrossed in, you know, like the Sheer Share DNA. Right. But what's been really interesting for me is to hear people speak back to us or pair it back to us exactly what like the vision and the core of sheer share is really at our heartstrings pair it that back to us who haven't always been here but they just feel that sense within the company so hearing things like you know, sheer share at the end of the day, we're, we're maximizers, right? Like whether you sit on the stylist side or the salon and barbershop owner side, you know, we're helping you maximize your time, your money, your effort. Um, sheer share will always be community focused, right? And our community looks vaguely different from some other industries. Like you have so many different layers and flavors and colors and whatever within beauty and barbering. And then you have to be adaptable, 
And so tying all of those things into not just who Shearshare is as a company to its employees, but also who Shearshare is back out to the community that we serve and even to our shareholders. So you're looking at or revisiting the Shearshare brand identity through the lens of, you know, are we holding up our values and have those changed over time? Like, you know, revisiting the big, like, who are we internally mm-hmm. and externally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that and then modification as well. So just really focusing on, you know, how we're looking at things. Our position really is community focused and really being the maximizer in this space. You know, we have to really have that trust and empowerment And when we're providing that space for these licensed professionals, just servicing them from our heart and and really having that inclusivity within within the side of the team. And so all those things kind of give you the the opportunity to have that adaptability as you're building this community. So the modification is are the things that we're looking at. But at the same time, that brand identity will reflect and they will be able to receive it because they understand who we are and what we do. Was your vision as well as your values something that was written down and documented? So yes, it was written down uh, in the early days was written down like just in a notebook that Ty and I could see, right? And then as we started to add team members, we would kind of introduce the vision and the mission behind Share Share when we have our monthly all hands meetings, right? And so we constantly start with the very top, like what what is Share Share? We are still X Y Z, and in the earliest of days, it really boiled down to three things, and our three values really just encapsulate one sentence is that a sheer share we value simple beauty and under each of those pillars value pillar simple pillar beauty pillar or like a hodgepodge of other different things that roll back up to the core values of sheer share but the value of course you know we get to serve who we feel is the best community in the world we have to be able to provide consistency of value to the people that we serve every day and again that goes back to that maximizing either helping them maximize our time money and effort And then we think about the simplification of it all. Like we have to meet these stylists and these owners where they are, which we know is already on their mobile device, right? So the simplicity of it, and we have to make it sexy that people actually want to use it because our industry is obviously very aesthetically run, right? And then when you think about beauty, that's just the industry that we serve, the entire beauty and barbering industry. And so that's where we started like from day one. But going through these sessions, and I really think that, you know, every company, regardless of what stage you're in, you're going to end up getting there. You know, you may have, you know, an original logo and an original brand identity, and you may have the original co-founder mission values and vision. But I think there's always a point in time where because the company is growing, just like a child would naturally grow organically, that you come to a place where you say, okay, is this still us? Like, let's do a check-in just to make sure that how the world sees us is exactly how we intend for that to be. And so going through these conversations and these different um, workshops, we've kind of come to settle on a thought, like when space is boundless, success is limitless. And that just encapsulates so much behind Share Share because it's not just about 
the space, like the physical real estate that a stylist is booking for that day, right? We want them to be able to come to the Sheer Share ecosystem and be able to just pick and choose whatever they need for that particular day and be able to pay for that particular thing at that moment. So instead of me having to purchase, for example, professional liability insurance for an entire year, and I know I'm only working three to four or five days a week, let me purchase for the days that I actually use it. And so again, we kind of boiled back everything that Shearshare is known for and what we want to be known for going forward and what will always be consistent. And it really is this idea behind when space is boundless, success is limitless. When you are working on things like this or coming up with things, how involved is the rest of the Shearshare team mm-hmm. in these kinds of things? How do you involve them? And we've touched on this a little bit in the past where, you know, the two of you live together, you're talking to each other all the time. <laughs> what level of involvement do you make an effort to do? We want them 100% involved. Uh, matter of fact, we had the team meet yesterday as we were thinking about the brand. And believe it or not, you know, the team, which was the head of product, the head of growth, we were just sitting there in ops. We were sitting there and they were asking questions, but they were giving more answers faster than I was. And I've been in the industry almost 30 years. And the reason that they said that the team is because I'm I'm directly involved. So a lot of the things that we're building that I've done in the industry is second nature. So, you know, it's easy for them to just sit back and come up with things. And it really made me feel good because it lets me know how they're thinking about our growth, the vision, and how clear things are as we continue to build. So they're 100% involved. We want them to be 100% involved. We bring people into this team, into this community of ShareShare to help us figure out how to do things. There are not always systems in place and processes in place. So to bring people in that can really steer their mind to envision and be able to speak out loud the things that we're trying to do is imperative to our growth, but also it gives them that empowerment that they're helping us build something. So we really let them know how grateful we are for that. But I think that in order to bring a person to the ShareShare team, Everyone has to come in with the open mind to be an added value to what we're building. Mm-hmm. You always say multiplication versus addition, right? Definitely that. Yeah. It, I think it'd be easy for founders, and not even just thinking about startups, but just thinking about even large scale enterprise, global organizations. It's really easy for that organization to just look like the top executive, right? And to, and to feel like the top executive. But there's so many other perspectives that are so unique in nature and everyone on our team, everyone's background, they bring so much value and so much gold, you know, with them. And these are team members who don't look like us, like they're not married. They're not all black. They're not all female. They're not all male. They may be cisgen. And so we would be shooting ourselves in the foot if we did not make sure that all of those voices were heard because the company itself, ShareShare, is not just Dr. Ty and Courtney. Like the company ShareShare is something that we have, yes, helped to pioneer. Our goal is to have like an indelible mark on this industry. And this is something that will live on well past us. And so to have the the values really encapsulate and demonstrate different personalities and different unique experiences. Like you have to have that and you have to have your team involved in that. It sounds like this is top of mind because you've been hiring so much. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not looking necessarily for you to dish and give specifics about someone that you didn't hire because they didn't match your values and tell us the specifics, although that might be a fun story. Oh, yeah, lots uh, of fun stories. <laughs> but, but do you have a, maybe as concrete as you can get an example of in this recent round of hiring where you just rejected oh, yeah. someone because oh, yeah. they weren't a fit for your values? And I wouldn't even say reject it because I hate to use like a hard word. I'm just going to say gave them opportunities to continue to grow, but outside of sheer share. And maybe one day they'll come. (laughs) Very nice. Very diplomatic. Yeah. You're good. She's always going to bring it back home. Take all the negativity out of it. Okay. So uh, a great example would be we, we hired someone recently for the ops team and they were from the industry, but also they had cost center experience as well. So one of the things that we look at is how a person can come in that has worked a nine to five job. And sometimes we don't really want that typical mentality of an eight hour workday, but the mentality that, hey, you're coming in to make a big difference. There are no processes and certain things in place. So you're coming in and whatever you bring, that's going to be added to how we develop this company, develop this, this position, develop it within the team. And so, you know, we always do what we call a probationary period, and you're not allowed to be a part of certain things like daily stand-ups and all of that until we get past that. So they understand that that 90-day probationary period could uh, wean on whether they are liking the company or whether it's, it's not a good fit or whether we're liking them and it's not a good fit. But everything is based on the opportunity you have and the work you're doing and also what you're bringing to the team. It's never about anything personal. It's that we're moving so fast. There are so many things that we got to focus on. Holding hands is not that thing. Once you get out of training, run with it, bring something to the table, show your work. This is not, okay, I work three to 10 and you just working and something within those three, four hours, it may not be anything going on and you're not able to show the value of the work that you're doing. We actually got to see it. So there's a lot of times where, you know, our team is working around the clock, but it may be two hours where it's just strictly work, but they're they're available. I, I take this to working at a hospital, you know, you're on call. So basically you're working within, but Everything happens within a certain amount of time. So it's kind of like that on-call mentality. You're going to get the call when there's something there. When there's nothing there, you're just, you're just there to be called. You're on duty. So it didn't work out within the first, I think, 60 days. And so we, we had to let them go. They understood. But at the same time, it's sad to let someone go because you want them to win. You yeah. want to give them the opportunity to grow. But And you know that they're growing anyway. They've grown a lot, but they just wasn't able to really fit in the culture that we're building and, and run the way we need them to run because we're not in the business of holding hands as a startup. We are a startup going to be an enterprise grade company. And sometimes that mentality coming from that nine to five or that flow of work schedule that they're used to in the corporate world, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. And I'm even thinking about one that springs to mind that we did not hire, but it was a good interview. Like on paper, you know, some people can look like, you know, Superwoman, right? Or Superman. And this particular individual, once Ty and I had a chance to chat with this person, again, like I said, on paper, like obviously this person would have been able to come in and like kill any goal that you set before him or her trying to give the gender away. But we realized that in that, because their entire history shown nothing but like success, 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 like killing goals, exceeding goals, meeting goals, whatever. However, the personality of this person 
was not sympathetic to team members. So like, Mm. for example, if like they completely owned something, but they would push somebody out of the way. And this all came out, you know, not obviously in interview, but you ask the right questions, you're going to get the right answers that this person will like push somebody else out of the way to hit the goal. Now, unfortunately for us, that is not you know the, the best type of personality for sheer share. Like, yes, we want to always meet or exceed goals. Yes, we always want to you know move quickly. However, we as a company, like we are radically personal. Like when I say that, I think it really stems from the industry that we serve and that, you know, we literally touch people, right? And so that just carried over into sheer share. So we're we're very personal in nature. We have to be deliberately flexible. And I'll even say reliably resourceful. And this person that we interviewed, again, looks great on paper, is probably going to kill it wherever the individual lands next, but would not have been a good representation of sheer share culture and what sheer share portrays to both internal stakeholders and external stakeholders. And and that was sometimes that's a hard one to let go of, right? Because you know this person would have come in and like taken something from, you know, maybe not zero to 10, but zero to five. However, how many people would have been laid in that person's wake, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. of, because of that quote unquote success. And so, yeah, sometimes you just got to cut ties and keep it moving. Let's take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, HelloFresh, which I'm super excited about. Fresh ingredients delivered right to my door, pre-measured with a mouthwatering seasonal recipe. It's America's number one meal kit. So if you don't know what HelloFresh is, it lets you skip trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. So HelloFresh offers convenient, no-contact delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with my family. We really like it because it's really great meals, and it's easy not to have to think about putting together what we're going to eat. The recipes, they're easy to follow with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, especially now, like uh, the grocery store I go to, I have to wait in line sometimes for 30 minutes, which, you know, with HelloFresh, I get the meal prepared in about 30 minutes. It's overall a great value. So you save 40% when you use HelloFresh versus shopping at the grocery store. And feeding the whole family has never been easier with lower prices for larger box sizes with HelloFresh. So more servings means more savings. We got all the vegetarian options, but they have a variety of different meal types for you to choose from. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Robots80 and use code Robots80 to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Robots80 and enter Robots80. Thanks again to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's episode of Giant Robots Smashing Other Giant Robots. Does the explicit probationary period that you have free you up to hire more people or give people more chances? I think so. Yeah, that was something that that Ty has always done in hiring at the the salon and barbershop. And so again, like just naturally carried over into how we decided to run Shear Share. I do feel like it gives us that freedom and flexibility, but at the same turn, it gives that specific team member freedom and flexibility, right? Because it's not just about do we like you, right? We want to make sure that the individual likes sheer share as well and is just as passionate about what it is that we're doing every day and they get excited and they see the opportunity and you know they're also hunters. Like they got to go out there 
kill it and drag it home, just like everyone in each individual role, whether it's engineering or product or ops or marketing or growth, has to do on a daily basis. And so that does free us up to kind of watch to see if the same signals that we've seen in other team members who have been successful right out the gate, if those things kind of bubble up to the surface or if they leave us wanting for more. It's really fun, though, I think, uh, at the end of the day, because you get to know people. I'm, by nature, a people person. So getting to know people, personalities, and, you know, people want to be a part of something that's exciting, that's growing, that gives them the flexibility to actually be themselves and not have to worry about dealing with identity issues. You know, you want to come to a job where it allows you to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And now that we're in this, this COVID bubble to where everybody's working remotely, that gives people the opportunity to say, who am I in this next phase of my life post-COVID, coming from one career to the next, having to figure out who they are, uh, wanting to try something different? Share, share can be that because I think anybody that has come from the society where they're working, where they're dealing with people, they have an opportunity to say, who am I and how can I add value to this position, this job or this company? For that person you interviewed who ended up being you know, maybe a little too tenacious at the expense <laughs> of their coworkers. Mm-hmm. Can you share what the questions you use to surface that information? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think back now. I think I remember one. One of the questions was needing to reach certain goals. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things they were saying was they wanted to <laughs> make sure that they got the job done. And, you know, if they needed to do it themselves, they would. You know, it's it's not one of those things where you just push somebody out the way, you know, if you're running a relay, you just can't, you can't run the other person's race. You have to trust the person that you're working with. So one of those things was in a question of that sort and it just didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. I like to ask the question, you know, what's the toughest thing you've experienced in life? And that the answers to that question, sometimes they blow my mind. And that tells you a lot about an individual, right? That, that helps you to understand a little bit more about like their inner strength, like where that comes from. Sometimes that helps you to understand, you know, their support system or how they internalize support and then give that back out to, you know, team members. It also helps you understand a little bit more about how they respect others and how they accept others. And so mm-hmm. that's definitely always a question um, that we ask as well. But there were a lot of red flags <laughs> during that uh, particular interview. Can you walk us through the specific values that you have? Yeah, like our anchors. So again, they, they've changed from like value, simple beauty, right? And now mm-hmm. our anchors, we're really focused on like the experienced care. You know, that's something that is very unique in nature to Sheer Share. You know, there are other beauty and barbering brands, but with leadership not coming from the industry, right? Like, I don't know anyone else who can say they got 30 years in the game, plus they earned their doctorate degree in professional barbering and cosmetology, like even at the highest level of some of these large scale beauty organizations. And so when we say experience care, that just truly sprouts from the inside of Sheer Share. You know, our entire team is rooted in experience and an authentic passion. And we only want to create a community armed with knowledge, wisdom. And so that experience care is something that we take very, very seriously because we get the ups and downs 
bounds of what a stylist or a salon and barbershop owner have to go through. We, we've been there. We know what, what you're going to experience at year one when you're just coming out. We know what's going to happen at year five. We know what's going to happen when you decide to go up on your prices at year seven. We know what's going to happen when you decide to move across town at year eight. We know what's going to happen when you open up your own salon or shop. And so that experience care is something that we truly hang our hat on because that's very unique um, to the company. And then this idea around inclusive community. Right. So, you know, you heard me talk a little bit about some of the questions that we ask, you know, potential team members just to kind of gauge their level of respect for others and support of others and their acceptance of others. Because at the end of the day, our industry looks so different, like hair is hair. Right. And a nail bed is a nail bed. And someone wants to get a massage like so many different clients look so different from their service providers. And, and we love that. Like we love the fact that when you say diversity, like one of the biggest industries for diversity is the mm. one that we get to serve every day. And so mm. we have to make sure that people coming into and joining the Share Share organization truly respect that. They don't just say, oh yeah, I believe in diversity or they, they, they say, yeah, I you know respect others. Like we really have to get down to the root of that when we're interviewing them so that we understand at the end of the day, do they truly, truly you know, value inclusive community. And then on the pioneering side, the last anchor would be around what Ty mentioned before, the best in class ecosystem. You know, we are are taking our experience, we're taking the knowledge, we're taking that passion, and we're turning it right back around, giving it to the community and understanding that especially in this world where we live in now, and really the, the macro trend I'd even say is that, you know, people want to own their own destinies, right? And they they know that they want to do more than just a standard nine to five, or they want to do more than just a side hustle. But then where are the tools where you can actually be supported in that goal? Like, where's the one place I can go choosing beauty and barbering to feed my family to be able to say, oh, okay, yeah, if I need portable benefits or I need professional liability insurance, oh, by the way, I need space to work and I need some retail. Like, where do you go to get access to all of that, but on a pay-as-you-go model? And so we are pioneering that effort and understanding not just where the industry is, was, will be heading, but also where just thinking about the entire you know workforce within America where that's heading as well. And so those are truly like, if I had to pick three anchors that share share basis, every decision, every new tool, every new partnership on, it is on those. It's experienced care, it's inclusive community, and it's a best in class ecosystem. And I think we've touched on in previous episodes that in addition to kind of the service ecosystem, you all have relied on your values when assessing potential investors as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You have to. I think that when you're talking to a lot of the investors that we've talked to that have come in to our round and been great investors, they, they're really a mirror image of who we are. Mm-hmm. They understand what we're building. They have the positivity that Courtney brings, a business knowledge and acumen that I bring to the industry, but they also understand people. Uh, I think that understanding people is more so across the board in anything. If you don't understand people, then other than that, you're just into selling a product. Uh, but you still have to understand what people want. So you have to understand people. But we're really about talking to them about the problems that we're solving and them having the empathy and the ability to understand why we're solving it, yeah. who we're solving it for, and how can we just continue to not only dominate, but bring in 
so much adaptability to why we're being in this particular situation and having the opportunity to really reach out to a community that's never been served in the technology space that we're serving them in. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were first starting out, like you don't know what you don't know, right? And so there are a lot of learnings when you are trying to understand how does the startup world work? What's the difference between an angel investor and a VC? What the heck is pre-seed, seed, C plus, series A? Like there a term sheet, like there are so many things, right? But one thing that we were, I say, really gifted in being able to pursue was people with integrity. And so even if we didn't know anything else about, you know, the business of of a startup, we knew that people want to do business with people that they like. And at the end of the day, our community, again, the community that we get to serve and have the honor and pleasure of serving every day, like that has to be represented from the very top, not just with the co-founders of the company, not just with team members, but also with our investors and our advisors. Because otherwise, you're just painting the same picture over and over and over again. And so I would say we have a very good strength in being able to you know, determine if someone's going to become a vital part of this team when I say team, not just employees, but like investors as well, who's going to be on this journey with us and who's going to understand the the empathy and sympathy that needs to come with that. And uh, to add to that, the investors don't even know what to gauge. So when you're talking to them and, they, <laughs> and, and, and they're saying they're going to not invest always. a certain amount and there's never been a space like this that has existed, they got to go off something that, that's relatively close, mm-hmm. but still you don't know, but it's talking to them and saying, okay, we don't just believe in what you guys are building. We believe in you. So we believe in the founders. So how can we help knowing that we have so many stages to try to figure things out? So we need these funds. We need this capital to not just do the marketing, but do the hiring. But also you're going to have to make mistakes. Things have to break Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to figure those things out as you're building. So a lot of that trust that they're giving to us lets us know, you know, not only if they've come in from the, the pre-seed round to the seed round, it goes to show you that those people not only have the trust, but they also have the relationships to bring other people in to say, hey, you know what, we're going to double down, not just on what we're doing, but we're going to double down on our relationships because we really believe in that. And, and building that trust is is so imperative to just not only the growth of the company, but for the people who are allowing us to help make other people's dreams come true. Was this round easier than uh, raising previously? Yes, I have to admit it was easier. Yeah. It was easier in a lot of ways because we knew a lot of the things that we didn't, didn't know, know in before. the first round, <laughs> which was the key thing. And I always tell Courtney about this. Even before we started Share Share with her working in a consultant, relationships matter. Relationships are, yeah. are going to be our game changer for us when we're talking to the investors that came in before. So going back to a few of those same investors and then not only asking them if they want to come back into this round, but engaging them to see if they can have relationships with other investors who they trust, who they know that want to invest in what we're building. So it's not just you could talk to an investor that wants to invest, but we may not be the type of company, uh, fintech or a B2B or any or SaaS business where they only invest in certain companies. And if it's B2B, we want to be introduced to those people who understand what we're building and what we could be come like a fintech company as well. So those things were were imperative, but also getting comfortable uh, talking to investors who probably didn't invest in companies like ours, but engaging with them because they may know other people that do. And then on top of that, we hit a certain point in the culture 
uh, where things were, were happening, uh, socioeconomic, and then COVID hit, where we took advantage of the, the time that allowed us to say, hey, you know what, let's go back out there and let's talk to uh, investors who are sympathizing with a lot of things that are going on with injustice. So it gave mm-hmm. us the opportunity to go to investors that normally probably wouldn't have invested to say, you know what, they understand the disparity that Black founders have. So using a lot of the advantages that we're giving, despite the negativity that came with that, we wanted them to understand what we really go through as Black founders. And and that meant a lot for us. So you've raised, you've hired a bunch of people going into 2021. You know, what are you planning for? What do you hope for the new year to bring? A sense of peace. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think so much of 2020 has been eye-opening. I think it's kind of, you know, mm-hmm funny that the year is 2020, right? About, you know, vision, but it's been, it's been that in many different ways and not just for us as individuals, but for us as co-founders, for us as people who are hiring and creating jobs. And so, you know, what, what we would want is what, you know, anyone would want for their, their family or people that, you know, they're, they're looking to serve. And that's just like a sense of peace and growth, right? Like we want people to be able to have the freedom and flexibility to do what they love every single day and however they are able to do just that. And so at the most broadest level, I would say that, but um, from a sheer share level, you know, we're just going to continue to get out there and kill it. We, at, at every turn, every day, every week, every month, every quarter, we're learning something new and we're taking that in and we're synthesizing that information. And then we're spitting it right back out to what our stylist community and our salon and barbershop owner community have told us that they wanted or what's important to them. And really at the end of the day, that is truly what investment allows you to do, right? You're either winning with revenue or you're able to run and grow fast and grow big with VC backing. And it just gives you that runway that you so desperately need in order to learn. And the most successful people are the ones who are able to learn really quickly and who are also able to fail really quickly and who have the the scars to prove it, but they don't care because they just get back up and they keep trying over and over again. And our heart is just I, there's not even a word for it, but our heart is just so big for our industry. Like I can't imagine, honestly, us doing anything else besides building sheer share and giving back to an industry that has fed our family for so long. What are you looking forward to, babe? All of the above. <laughs> C? Answer C? You like plus that? Plus one. Yeah, plus one. I like that. <laughs> Usually, you know, the end of the year can be a forcing mechanism for reflecting back and doing an annual plan for the upcoming year. One, we find ourselves in strange times where it's still really hard to understand what next year even looks like industry wise, market wise. And two, sometimes, you know, if you're earlier stage, like yourselves, the very end of the year doesn't even matter. (laughs) You know, you're still focused (laughs) on, uh, you know, what does the next three months look like? How do you all approach it? Yeah, we definitely have to plan. And I think twofold, we definitely have to plan for the next three months, but we definitely have to plan for the year as well. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that circumstantial reasons that, that COVID brings is going to affect not just our company, but so many others. And I think that that's the time where you take the disadvantages and the obstacles that that, that brings and you find that tipping point to build the company in a better way and yeah. put the company in a better place and also be challenged by the the situation that it brings. And I think that that's where you allow your vision to take over and allow the things that you have worked so hard and strive so hard to put into the company where you just say, hey, you know what? 
we still got to plan regardless. And if you don't plan, you're going to be, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And if you plan, you may shoot yourself in the foot. So I always go for planning. I think that it's one of those situations where it's just, it gives you the opportunity to shoot for that North Star and to really think about where the company could be, despite uh, situations that may happen or uh, circumstances that may come up. But I'm always about planning. I think that it helps. And being uh, married to a planner uh, really, really helps me to think outside the box as well. Yeah, that's a a really good question, Lindsay. Like, yes, in the startup world, you know, your Monday looks totally different from your Tuesday afternoon. It looks drastically different from Friday morning, right? And so, you know, although, yes, you you have to set a plan. I mean, I am a huge proponent of planning. You have to set a plan in place because otherwise you don't know what target you need to be aiming for, right? And so even at our core, even without ShareShare, Sands the company, Ty and I were planners. Every end of the year, our family gets together. We do a little staycation. Everybody pulls out their huge oversized post-it notes. We throw them up on the wall and everybody puts on their goals for that you know, subsequent year. Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh yeah. And then we hang them around the house. So everybody sees them all the time for that year. So there's no excuse about, oh, I didn't know that I was supposed to be working towards this or, oh, I did I forgot that that was a goal of mine. And so it's a constant reminder. And we're doing the same thing with our company, with our teams. And uh, again, having the, the right team in place is definitely crucial. Like you have to make sure that the people you're adding to your team are multiplying and not just adding to the value. And that they're a part of that, that culture that is going to be there, whether you're in a meeting or whether you're absent from a meeting. And so, yeah, we're, we're doing the same thing that we do, you know, together outside of ShareShare, within ShareShare, uh, and then running like heck to, to get there. Because at the end of the day, we understand that small businesses are using our small business to build up their companies and, and their solopreneur endeavors. And that means the world to us. So December 2021, you come back on the Giant Robots podcast. Mm-hmm. And Chad and I say, what happened this year? How'd it go? What do you think that update's going to look like? I'm honestly say grand slam. I'm not going to say home run. I'm going to say grand slam. <laughs> yeah. I think that we're going to do amazing things regardless of what comes our way. I think that we're prepared to grab the bull by the horns and ride it whatever direction it wants to go. I think that we're going to figure things out that we are already on the verge of figuring out right now with the team that we have. I also think that we're going to make some major strides and turns and partnerships that we never uh, had in our purview before. And I think that we're going to have a more awesome team than we have right now with people adding to it. I think that we're going to be in a place of excitement. And again, the bases will be loaded and uh, Grand Slam will be hit. Yeah, but we already know that there are going to be more people choosing to enter this industry versus others. And so we want to be able to give them access to the tools that they need in order to help make their dreams come true and help them be successful. Again, our small business runs on the success of other small businesses and people literally use our platform to build up their small businesses. So being able to say that we truly do that, not just today, but wanting to, you know, 10x, 100x, 1000 exit, you know, in the coming years and months, that is where we see our biggest impact and where Share Share will leave its indelible mark on a community that's been so good to us. Well, we'll be sure to check back in, if not before December 31st, 2021, <laughs> around then. Thank you so much 
for letting us check in with you each month and and sharing so openly with us. It's been great to get to know the both of you more. Of course. And I'm so happy for all of your success this year. Well, I want to thank you guys over at Giant Robots. You guys have been so diligent. You guys have been so consistent. But also, you guys have been easy to talk to, work with, and you guys are have a great platform. So thank you guys for thinking of us and uh, allowing us to be a part of your community and allowing us to reach your listeners as well so that we can impart something positive, leaving people, places, and things better off than we found them. I can't sign off without also saying thank you. It's been a, a real pleasure to continue to check in with you all. You've had such a fascinating and successful year. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a lifelong fan, so I'll be following along for sure. <laughs> you can subscribe to the show and find notes for this episode at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. You can find me on Twitter at cpytel. And me on Twitter at lindsay3d. How can you find Shearshare? We are everywhere at Shearshare. I want to also put in a small plug to John and the amazing team over at a small studio for helping us work through those sessions for our new brand identity. We couldn't have done it without that great team there. So thank you. Awesome. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Tom Obarski. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.